here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Best host, Rob McCarran. Best voice, Jeff Hawkins. Podcast of the year. Shake them ropes. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 120 of Shake Them Ropes. Rob McCarran here alongside, as usual, Jeff Hawkins. Jeff, how are you today, and how was your Thanksgiving? Thank you for using 515. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Just rocking out to the who over here. Uh, Thanksgiving was great. Um, I did. I worked Thanksgiving. So I, so the, uh, the WWE Network gave me a gift of old... Saturday 605 World Championship Wrestling episodes. So I had that on in the background while I worked. It was kind of cool. Yeah, they did. They loaded up a bunch of the old stuff. And they've added more, I guess. I've heard Mid-South and uh, Smoky Mountain. Yeah, you got mm. uh, Mid-South, Smoky Mountain added. You have the, uh, you know, Mid-80s, NWA, WCW. Uh, I'll be interested I- to see if they put up the special events or Smoky Mountain, like Fire on the Mountain and uh, Night of Champ. I'm sure eventually Night they're going to put up everything they have. Just a matter of, mm. you know, I mean, but they're loading them fast and furious. Like it's not, you know, when they started uploading world class, it was one or two episodes at a time. And then the next day it was one or two. And then the next day it was one or two until they just stopped. I mean, they, it, it seemed like that little network bot on Twitter that adds everything that WWE network adds was mm-hmm. just going like crazy with all the added, uh, added yeah, TV they, shows. When they flooded the 605, I was like, oh wow, I mean, it's like three years at once, and then it's like all of a sudden, last night I'm alerted to, oh, they're uploading Smoky Mountain stuff. I'm like, what? Yeah, huh. It's uh, it's something. I, I haven't gotten to check out much of it. I did, and uh, I watched the uh, a little bit of the first episode of the NWA WCW they added. Yeah. Classic NWA. Uh, so yeah. I'll, I'll check that over time, but it was a pretty busy I'll, weekend, so. I'll tell you this. I'll, I'll, I'll go with this for everybody who's listening in terms of studio wrestling. Curb your enthusiasm, sort of. You're not getting main event matches here. You're getting squash matches and talking smack. That's what you're getting. You're getting like 90 seconds of beating up a dude, an occasional house show quality match, and promos to uh, hype the live events. That's what you're getting. Don't 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 expect. You know, <laughs> this work rate is terrible. Well, it's it, that's not the point of these shows generally one of these shows is to build stars. So I am curious to see who will check out these videos and who will actually watch them a lot, because obviously a much of the talk on Twitter and elsewhere are people who are waiting for these shows already, but now you're putting it up there. And I wonder how the casual fans will react. Will the casual fans check out one episode and be done with it and just stay with the current stuff? Will they, will they keep checking out these older episodes? Because the only way you're going to get these older episodes put up in droves uh, quicker 
is for them to get a lot of viewership. And I don't yeah. know how the casual fans are going to react. Like I, maybe it's split. Maybe it's a small amount of the casual fans will actually take notice. But, I uh, think, you know, I think people maybe 35 and up and, you know, especially families whose kids are into WWE, but they may have, you know, they may be nostalgic for the wrestling yeah, of their that, youth. Yeah. It's, it's the nostalgia factor for those who find the mid eighties to be nostalgic. Like for me, the, you know, the early to mid nineties and the late nineties are now my nostalgia mm -hmm. because we're almost yeah. 20 years from that. Um, but the eighties aren't necessarily my nostalgia cause I didn't grow up with them. They're my new right. stuff, my new historical, uh, context for different this stuff. Is, this is my nostalgia point blank. 85, 84, 85 is when I really started getting into wrestling. So, I mean, th this is right in my wheelhouse and it's great for us, especially on the older matches, a few of which are coming up on our top 100. I can actually point to go, Hey, here, here's where they're explaining the build to this match right here. Go watch this episode. And I can do that now without saying go on YouTube and I've secretly uploaded stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause that's what it's been, you know, YouTube daily motion and all these different places. But I mean, you talk about how these shows are going to have a lot of squash matches, a lot of, uh, a lot of folks talking trash with each other, mm -hmm. you know, over the weekend, some people calling for WWE to do more of this. Yeah. That, I mean, I, I would have liked that on this last raw, that raw <laughs> last night. We'll get into some of the bigger points of yeah. raw last night. We'll get into, uh, where we stand because I mean, believe it or not, Jeff, I think we differ. Cause I, I read something where you enjoyed it. I liked the show. Wow. I thought it was a fun show. I did not. I mean, let's, we'll, uh, we'll get we'll, into, we'll, talk. we'll, we'll get talk. into uh, this here. <laughs> um, but at some point, because, uh, I wanted to let you know, I mean, yes. I always find it hard going into December. I find it weird going into December because it's a very fast moving month, whether you're doing Christmas shopping, whether you're getting ready for holidays, whether you're doing traveling, whether it's just the end of the year and, 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 and time is flying. I always find the end of the year pretty weird, how yeah. quick everything goes. And you know, that transition from November 30th to December 1st is always like, oh, it, ma it makes it real that we're we're here at the end of the year. Because next week, Jeff, on this show on Tuesday, we are doing our TLC preview mm -hmm. and our TakeOver London preview. These mm -hmm. shows are coming up quickly. Yeah, and I, you know, even more so for me, before I go into that, how was your Thanksgiving? We buried the lead. I never asked and reciprocated. And your birthday, of course. My birthday was good. Uh, went yeah. out, had an enjoyable night. Uh, Thanksgiving was just a lot of food and watching the bears, the bears, the bears, uh, it was a very good was, game. I enjoyed that. Game. It was a good game. It was uh, much better than the other games that we had on that day. Uh, I don't really remember the, yeah, it was much better than all the games, but what are you going to do? I mean, it was a, it was a lazy day. Um, ended up going to Michigan Ann Arbor on Saturday. Saw that You went to the big house. I went to the big house. I went to that, yeah. uh, that Michigan, Ohio state game. And boy, as a, Mich as a Michigan fan, right? I went as a Michigan fan. Ah, I went as a Michigan. That. I don't care about Michigan, you Ohio don't. state, but you know, if I'm going to go like the girlfriend and I were dressed in Michigan clothes and I had a Michigan hat and we were like, yeah, rah, rah, Michigan. Is she a Michigan alum? No, she doesn't oh, care okay. about Michigan. <laughs> it's, it's an obvious question. I just. Okay. No one, yeah, no one cares about Michigan. We just went as Michigan fans. We hung out with the <laughs> Michigan fans. I was surprised actually how uh, how warmed up and welcoming the Michigan fans were to the Ohio State fans. I mean, there were Ohio State fans playing nicely together with I the went Michigan to the big, fans. Yeah, I went to the big house in 1996. 
1995, the uh, kickoff classic. I had I had been there before, but not during football season, just to like kind of see it ah. and and go inside and hang around it. But this was the first time I had been around it during a football game, much less you know maybe the biggest football game all year. I'm I'm sure your environment was probably a little bit more friendlier than mine. Yeah, probably. we had we had the the second or uh, actually the biggest second half comeback in Michigan school history at the time. Uh, come back to beat us on the last play. And I, uh, I knew how Custer felt. I tell you what, I was I was surprised. <laughs> I was really surprised that uh I mean Michigan, they've had a pretty good year. They've beaten expectations, yeah. even yeah. even fans' expectations. They've beaten these expectations. They're coming into Ohio State with still a small chance, but a chance nonetheless, of winning the Big Ten East. And the at least the large group that I was around and most of the fans I was looking at. They didn't really go in thinking they had a shot to win. Yeah. I was I, stunned. I, I, oh, no, 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 no. They've, they've had a few rough seasons, and they're, they're, they're ahead of schedule in rebuilding. Right they're now. ahead of schedule, yeah. but I was just surprised after all the momentum, after Harbaugh, and after the shot to win the Big Ten East, that these people were like, you know, if we, if we can win this game, great, but we're not really expecting much. Like, it's already been a banner year. We've surpassed expectations. You know, a lot of the fans, at least in the group that I was tailgating with, left about halfway through because <laughs> the writing was on the wall in the first quarter, really. This Ohio State team was just so much better than Michigan, and they couldn't stop anything. Always leave early. Always leave early. Well, it was cold. <laughs> I mean, it was 32. Yeah. It was snowing a little bit. Um, And, you know, it was a cold day. But uh, getting back to December, that week is going to be even busier for me. I have like four four shows in the span of five days, I think. Because we have, shows. yeah, because the 11th and 12th is PWG All-Star Weekend. Oh, yeah. The 13th is Table Ladders and Chairs. And then that Wednesday is TakeOver. Which is just so weird for you. I mean, yeah, because you're Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then all of a sudden on a Wednesday, you're going to be like, what? I have to do another show on a Wednesday? <laughs> a Wednesday afternoon, no less, when this show is going to start at noon your time. I've I've become accustomed to being oversaturated then. Have you know? We'll have silly season in terms yeah. of awards and stuff. So have we? Have we figured out what we're going to do on that Wednesday with the show starting at noon your time? Uh, I'm going to get home as soon as I can, and I'm uh-huh. going to probably catch up. Catch up, and then when yeah. you're ready, we will go live. Yeah, on the I'll, YouTube. You know what? Device. I'll probably have it on my phone on the way home. Yeah, and I've done I that get, before. And then once I get to my place, I'll watch it, and then I'll I'll be caught up. I'll I'll be good. Yeah, Don't I've, worry about I've, I've done that before, which is nice if about this. I have to, uh, I'll leave early from work because I have no love for work. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> there you go. It is December. I mean, it's close enough to Christmas. You're like, hey, I'm going to take an hour here. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've done that where I've watched the beginning of a show, whether it's a pay-per-view. Definitely, I've done it on a takeover. Um, I did it, I believe, on one of these weekends where I went to Florida. Yeah. For NXT, I had to watch the first hour and a half of a pay-per-view on my phone from Indianapolis up to Fort Wayne because I hadn't gotten home in time and we were doing a show at the end. Something like that. So, I, I yeah, I've done it where I've watched some of the show while driving, which might not. Don't ever say we don't sacrifice for you people. Don't ever say it. <laughs> I appreciate the love and support. Uh, as you uh, heard from the <laughs> openings in probably the most important awards of all time. Yes. Of course. Yeah. Uh, sheetsandwich.com, Talking Sheet Guys. We are nominated for some awards, so if you feel the need, 
or want to uh, show some support for us, we would appreciate if you go and vote. You can catch the awards at sheetsandwich.com. Nominated for Best Voice is this Jeff Hawkins guy. Unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Yeah. I am outraged <laughs> by it. <laughs> oh, Rob, once I get your impression down, we'll be fine. I don't know. I have, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I was born in Florida, and I've grown up in Indiana. I probably have the one voice. I mean, those are the two places, the Midwest and Florida. You have a silky smooth radio voice. Yeah, you just don't uh you don't grow into any type of you know cadence. You're just you're talking American really is what you're doing. If you, there is such have, a thing. You have bass to your voice, whereas I do not. Uh that's just the machines that I have hooked up to this. <laughs> Otherwise, I, let me turn the machines I off. I really sound like this. Yeah, I'm, gonna I'm give, Rob McCarran. I'm gonna How's it going? You, I'm gonna give you my real voice. <laughs> As I, uh, Why? let's see here. Um, I don't know if this will work or not, but, uh, can you tell the difference? No, no, probably not. But I'm going to turn no. the machines back on now. And the... oh, well, no. that, that's just a microphone. That's all that is. Yeah. It's just uh, not a lot of difference. <laughs> the mic and all this stuff. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, uh but thank so, you for the nominations. Everybody. Yes. Thank you for the nominations, uh, at pro wrestling on Twitter. You can get more information, uh, at pro wrestling we're at shake them ropes catch us on uh twitter as well you can catch all the information about our live shows which is something we do now after the pay-per-views and yeah i'm just thinking about it one week away we are going to be on the 13th and the 16th live after tlc and takeover london but in looking at this tlc card uh for tables ladders chairs 2015 we're going to talk about raw we're going to talk about our highlights uh right now we have Three matches officially announced. Sheamus versus Roman Reigns in a TLC match for the title, the big black and gold belt. Kevin Owens versus Dean Ambrose for the Intercontinental Championship. And a triple threat for the tag titles, the New Day against the Lucha Dragons against the Usos. Those are your three matches now with one more Raw to go. Uh, Do we not have um, the Wyatts and the Dudleys dream? We're probably going to get some combination of that, but it's not official. I wouldn't be surprised if that's made on SmackDown tonight. Not official, no, because you don't know if it's going to be a six-on-six. Six. We don't know if it's going to be a straight tag team match. It, I assume it's going to be a tables match, which throws my entire uh, Divas title concept out of the window. I thought for sure after last week with the, the PTO on the table that they were going to somehow be crazy enough to do a Divas title tables match at TLC. I did. I don't know. No, it makes sense. Ready to get into Raw now. Let's do this. Let's talk Raw. Let's talk. Now, on tonight's Raw, just for those who are late arriving, the part of Paige will be played by Charlotte. Oh, you gotta be kidding me. And the part part of Charlotte will be paid and played by Becky Lynch. They are completely retreading the last two months of the angle between Paige and Charlotte and turning it into Charlotte and Becky with Charlotte undermining Becky at different turns, but Becky being dumb enough to keep falling for it and be friends. Not just that, this whole thing was insulting to NXT fans, to be honest with you, because they set up the match as, oh, let's do it like we did in NXT. And then it, and then it became this whole big microcosm of... 
Vince addressing complaints from the NXT audience that, hey, we know what we're doing here. Yeah. NXT is different. This is the big leagues. And, and the turn doesn't make sense. The turn doesn't after make sense. Two, the weeks, two weeks after you make her the most sympathetic person in the WWE by invoking her dead brother and then pissing on her for, you know, for, for the blowback, pretty much. Not, not her anything she did, but just, you know, she, she approved it. You know, she, she fought to, 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 to have this tasteless angle brought in. And now she's absolutely unlikable. What are you doing? Why? There's so much, for lack of a better term, fuck you subtext in this angle right now. Yeah. And, and, and you seem relatively calm about it. I, I just, I, it was just, I watched it and I just went, well, that's, that's what they're going to do. They're going to make everybody unlikable in the paid Charlotte feud and then make Becky into Sting. You're going to start seeing. Honestly, you're going to start seeing positive crowd reactions for Nikki and Brie. And that's I don't doubt that because they never really turn Brie and Nikki. They kind of uh, half-heartedly make them heels and then they make them baby faces after the week. Yeah, I'm when Nikki you. returns, she's going to be the big baby face, I'm isn't you. she? I'm telling this you. Is, this is insane. It's amazing how it works, but you got this, Sasha Banks in there with Brie Bella and the whole time the crowd momentum is starting to turn to Brie Bella and Nikki Bella is going to come back and she's going to be the fighting former champion who comes back from injury to reclaim the division and your baby faces and not just the baby faces in this angle, but the most popular women in that division will still be the Bellas. They will come out the true stars out of this. Not that I want them to, or not that I don't want them to, but seeing the crowd reactions already, seeing the way they've mishandled Charlotte. And now that they're turning her into this heel who cheats to win, maybe that'll get over. Maybe it will. I mean, I think she's better as, a bad woman than a good woman. And the heat's all on her dad, though. That's the thing. Some of the heat's on the dad. I don't know if all of the heat is on the dad, well, honestly. Most of it. Most of it. But I just find it so funny that you're doing exactly what you did with Charlotte and Paige. Just all of a sudden, Charlotte is the bad one in here, and Becky is the Paige. And you're probably going to get a triple threat, maybe, at and TLC. It makes, and it makes the Divas Revolution even that much more insignificant. Because the whole point was to inject new life into this division, only to have Nikki and Bree turn out to be the stars. And the reason why I wasn't getting so worked up over it, because I'm not going to get worked up, up over the Divas division right now, um, because, I mean, why? You know, why should I? It, it's, it's going crazy. I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes, if only for the fact that at some point they might accidentally get it right. Because <laughs> on this path, they certainly aren't. Uh, but I'm excited for this. Because I did enjoy the Sasha Banks and Brie Bella match. I, I did. I, I, I enjoy Team Bad. I enjoy everything I about Team Bad. I do. <laughs> I do. I do enjoy also the fact that they are building, it looks like, to Sasha and Nikki. And that, to me, is the true main event of the Divas division right now. If you put Sasha Banks in there with Nikki Bella and give it time, that will be much bigger than whatever they're doing with Charlotte and Paige. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, I just, I, I don't care about Charlotte's angle right now because what we're going to see for the next week and maybe two weeks and maybe even longer, I don't know if it'll stop at the pay-per-view or not, but what we're going to see is Charlotte continuing to undermine Becky and Becky will keep being friends with her, which we just saw two months ago. And how can you possibly care? I don't, but I'm intrigued by what they do with Nikki Bella coming back and Sasha Banks because one, I think that could be a good match. 
I think Nikki Bella still doesn't get the credit she deserves for holding up the division for the whole year for us to even have, you know, women on TV right now on the Raw side. And I'm just intrigued by it. I'm looking forward. Yes, I will say it. I'm looking forward to Nikki Bella and Sasha Banks. I, I wish they would do something with Becky here. I, I know because she's more talented than the other two people in the feud. She's in super talented. She's super talented, but right and then, now and then they make be... and then they make her treat her losses like she doesn't care, and it's you know on social media and whatnot, and it's just it's the whole pun thing. Yeah. Like, uh, just do something with right. her. And, and although to... team, let me let me oh. before we get off of this. Yeah. Team bad last night. Go look at the gif or gif of when uh, it's a gif. Sasha it's was a gif. By the way, it's gif I and see... it's niche. It's gif and it's niche. Stop it, everybody. Go on. <laughs> The, when she's imitating uh, the Bella twirl. Yes. Not, not only is Sasha great in that. Tamina's reaction. Where it's just like, yep, what are you going to do? Yeah. Is, is fantastic. Tamina has found a role as just a heavy who just kicks people's ass on the outside and never steps in the ring. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Right. Me too. Yeah. I am. I'm a big fan. Um. But I wanted to say uh, what you started with as far as uh, them kind of poo-pooing NXT and making fun of that a little, like you're in the big leagues now in WWE. I mean, to me, uh, you know, that kind of just plays into the Charlotte heel turn. Like, obviously, Becky was coming at her with, you know, let's do it like we did in NXT, where we show, you know, our athleticism and our talent and all this stuff. And Charlotte, if she's going to go bad, of course, she's going to say you're in the big leagues now because Charlotte is the champion of WWE. If you were the bad guy, it was like if Ric Flair was going to WWE, he would poo-poo WCW. Like, I'm the real champion. I'm here now. Mm. So this is the big leagues. No different than that. I don't care mm, about the it, subtext. It's different. With, no, it's not. It's, it's not. Different. It's really not different. It's not different at all. Okay. You want to read into it that it's different just because, oh, Vince hates NXT and he's trying to bury Triple H. It's not different if you just take well, the face of okay, it. Well, let me, we can assume well, okay, and we can you, guess. What if the you take it, is. if you if you take it like that, then 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 what keeps Becky from bringing in Reed to to tear her down from her high horse a bit? See, that's 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 the other thing you bring in here because with the character development that's been going on, this heel turn goes, and you know what affects her, and you know what her weakness is. Why don't you go after her weakness then? Well, you can't do that because it's in bad days. Well, no, because Becky's so a you can't, good girl. You can't you can't play both sides of that. And right now, Becky's still friends with her mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Wow, this is tough love. Your brother? No. No. Now you're just going in a weird place, and I don't even know where you're going. All right. Like, what well, just happened no, there? I, I, your point, you, it's, it's close to talking me into it, but I just can't talk me into it because I'm just watching this and going, why are you crapping on something that you show on your own network in this way? Because it's not, it's not it's not full on crapping. Don't get me wrong on that. We'll get to that when we get to Lana. It's it's still though. It's still dismissive of it, and that just seems odd that you don't prop it up as something great, but you lower it as something second class. And I I just it it's like when they trash WCW on on the shows still now when they have their entire library on the network and they want you to go watch it. That kind of thing. There's a disconnect there. Speaking of Lana, she's back. For now. For now. Forever. Mm. Lana's back for good. 
the, explain the for now, because I bet you're not alone. I bet you're not alone in thinking, first of all, the for now to me is the League of Nations that was begun on this show. Yeah. Like, I see that either lasting a whole two weeks or maybe they're crazy and they go all the way to WrestleMania. But Well, they injured her and they didn't bring her out for the League of Nations. So you never know. They could always just say it's a horrible, horrible injury, even though it was lame and take her off a of TV. Yeah, the League of Nations thing. It's Especially just so after weird. hearing she had quote unquote nuclear heat, which Right, which is not true. Get go. Yeah. But what are you gonna do? That whole segment. Lana says Lana's back. That was a that was a rib on everybody except maybe Ryback. They put it on right at kickoff. Who's the only guy on the roster who cared about that game on Monday night? Miz. And so and so you're getting face pops against Lana for slut shaming. That's what it was. It was just basically going and go, yeah, Lana slept with Dolph. Dolph even put on his social media during that time. Ryback got a cheer out of slut-shaming Lana. And then the story of that match, the story of that match is that Rusev picked his girlfriend over his career and that people get hurt too easily. People get hurt. <laughs> yeah, it was a weird segment. It was a weird show-long storyline because they had the Adam Rose thing afterwards. Yeah. Which spent a minute talking about just Dolph. And, I mean, you can call it slut-shaming on Lana, but really it was slut-shaming on Dolph Ziggler and Rusev, too. I mean, let's mm. not let's not be... No, it was. Let's not be the, one about the double, it. The double stand... Well, no, Rusev threw in his part there. Into, yeah, and I didn't sleep with Summer either to try and kind of save it. But it was it was slut-shaming. You were getting cheers from from saying you slept with Dolph. You went all the way with Dolph. Might as well you went, cheered whore at her. You went all the way. I'm not saying it's right by any means, but I'm just saying, you know, that at the same time with the Adam Rose segment, I mean, they were doing the same thing with Dolph, implying also that Dolph sleeps with men. They were reiterating the the Rusev part of it, though, for, for that Adam Rose segment. Yes, I know. The Rusev-Lana part. I know the whole segment yeah. was about the Lana Rusev part. It was just weird. I mean, Adam Rose ain't going to go anywhere with that segment, by the way. Going no, nowhere that, with that segment. That's that's why I read into the NXT thing as I did, because you read into these kinds of things. Who's reading into what? You are just all over the place. Oh, you are just all over the place. Because you're, you're just trying to be an apologist for this raw. I'm not. I Well, okay, so here I'll, I will give Keep you going. exactly why I like this show. Because not only were the New Day entertaining all over this episode, I mean, this whole episode of Raw was New Day City. Yeah. It was putting over Sheamus as a big star, or trying to put over Sheamus as a big star as your champion. So why not do that? Um, you had the League of Nations forming, which eh, may not be the best thing. It's intriguing. Like, I don't know what they're doing with Alberto Del Rio. I don't know what they're going to do for the long haul here. I don't know where Brock Lesnar fits in when he comes back. I'll give you my theory. I, I don't want Bye. your theory right now. I, I don't know where John Cena fits in when this comes back, all, only to think that John Cena will be the one who destroys all seven of these guys by himself. And the only question I have is whether or not Roman Reigns will help him or if, it, or if it'll just be left to John Cena. I'm intrigued. From the moment the show started and they were going to do the title match with Roman Reigns and Sheamus, at least this episode gave me something to look forward to. And it, it just built up what they might what the, what are they going to do to me? And you know what? I was entertained going through the three hours of the show with 
you know, the matches that were happening with the ideas of what could be done with it. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I understand that there was a lot of, a lot of backlash on the show. I understand all the negativity towards certain segments on the show. I'm not saying everything was a home run. I'm just saying this wasn't one of the worst draws of the year. I just don't see how you thought they built Seamus up here as anything more than a goof. He was a little goofy. I thought, but, I, thought but, they, I thought they misfired on the attitude of Roman throughout the whole thing and being cocky and, and, and smirking and smiling yeah, as opposed has, to just being angry. He has nothing to be cocky about right now. I mean, this guy should be a guy who's angry, getting screwed over and screwed over. Yeah. He, he shouldn't be cocky because whether we think he might be able to beat Sheamus, that's not the issue. We know at this point that Roman Reigns can beat Sheamus. So we don't need the cocky aspect. We need the guy who's looking for a smart way to get around the fact that he will always get screwed out of the title. Mm-hmm. And we haven't seen that yet. When Steve Austin was going through this, Steve Austin found ways to get around the boss and he made the boss look like a fool sometimes. Ain't no one going to be making Triple H look like a fool. And Roman Reigns needs to be more of that kind of Steve Austin-ish to where mm-hmm. he's going to get around all the screw jobs. We're going to talk about Daniel Bryan and John Cena from SummerSlam 2013, which you know, it was good timing again with these top 100 matches because we've saw a similar angle happen here with Roman Reigns. How did Daniel Bryan get around that? He had a crowd reaction forcing the authority to put him where they didn't want him. Roman Reigns ain't forcing the authority to put him where they want him at all right now. No. And, and there, there is no incentive here for the crowd to get behind a cocky Roman Reigns because, yeah, we know you can beat Sheamus. How about you go out there and try to figure out a way to do it? Because right now you're not figuring out that way. It was the right move the wrong, done the wrong way. It, you know, if he had just punched Sheamus, taken the belt, and stormed to the back and held it up, that had been fine. But it was the smiling, you know, the, the high-fiving of fans. The, I got one over on him. No, you should be pissed. You should be pissed beyond hell. And, you know, Sheamus kind of the same way. Kind of I wanted a little bit more. I outsmarted you as opposed to... Look at me! I'm the Irish champion! Booga, 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 booga. You know, that kind of crap. I, it was just like, there's a disconnect there. I mean, there are ideas there. I think, though, they set up what they're doing here. I And it's smart in some ways, but it's, you know, as I wrote to you, it's all or nothing and all and nothing at the same time. Yeah. And Roman Reigns, I'll, 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 and let me ahead, explain that. Roman Reigns was teamed with his buddies, the Usos and... Dean Ambrose. They're now falling by the wayside due to injury and just being beatable and getting bro kicked and whatnot. So they'll go off and do their stuff there. And they had a seven on one beat down on Roman Reigns. And now Roman's going to have to get his revenge through all seven of them. So you already had him go through all the Wyatts. And now he's going to have to go through basically every single upper mid card heel that you have in the company. So you're going to cannibalize that whole side of the ledger to get this guy over. So they're going after it. They're going to have the Roman Reigns revenge tour where he beats all seven of these guys on his way and probably gets screwed at the end for the title and then we all get angry about it. But that's that's the plan, it appears to me, at least. And so instead of building some sort of feud here in terms of two characters who are going to go on a collision course, you're going to have to now rebuild these seven guys in some way, although the new day won't need that much rebuilding. They'll just go off and do their tag title feud and whatnot. And then, you know, you kind of have Rusev and Barrett as cannon fodder Del Rio as who knows what at this point and Seamus. 
I will say one of the big news items to come from Raw last night is something that didn't actually happen on Raw last night. Owens? Kevin Owens was reportedly ill, too ill to be on the show. The Alberto Del Rio slot in this League of Nations was going to be Kevin Owens. And that would make sense to then pair him off again with Ambrose. He was feuding with Ambrose. Kevin Owens was going to be the guy when Kevin Owens couldn't be written on the show and they had a, you know, and had to even out the rounds. They at the last minute put Alberto Del Rio in the League of Nations. When you thought to yourself as this was happening, oh, this doesn't make sense. No, it didn't. They just had to put Alberto Del Rio in. Kevin Owens was going to be in this group. And thank God he's not. No, yeah, this might be the best thing to happen to him. I will tell you, I, I believe that Kevin Owens was ill. But a little part of me thinks <laughs> Kevin Owens studied the Kevin Nash guidebook. Like, oh, this is a great, oh, 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 great. I, oh, oh, I'm, oh, I'm too sick. I can't do it. I'm sorry. You got to get someone else. Because Kevin Owens, no. I mean, first of all, let's talk about the Kevin Owens character, right? He fights for a prize. What prize is he getting if he fights to help Sheamus keep the world title? None. Kevin Owens doesn't fit in this group, but he was going to be in it and just be another face in the crowd. And Kevin Owens has done a pretty good job so far of trying to avoid being another face in the crowd. Like he has his singles matches, even when he's another face in the tournament, he stands out a little bit, but that would have killed him right there. You get in this league of nations group. So I'm glad he wasn't put in this group. I hope he gets better if he is indeed sick. And I have no reason to doubt that he is, but I hope he gets better. I hope now that they've run with Alberto Del Rio in this group, he can stay far away from it, but he was going to be in this group. He was going to get the Alberto Del Rio slot, and Del Rio was going to be away from this group waiting for the John Cena return. So, Kevin Owens to also get rid of. Yeah, you can also get rid of Zeb and Lana if you wanted to. Yeah, I I have no doubt that they might get rid of. uh, They might get rid of Zeb, or maybe Del Rio and Jack Swagger will be focused more on SmackDown, and then Del Rio will go back with this League of Nations. And that's that's why part of me thinks the League of Nations isn't going to be a long term thing. I don't I don't know if you're going to be seeing League of Nations shirts. Maybe you will. Um, because unless Sheamus is going to keep the title to Royal Rumble and maybe they're going to be a group inside the Royal Rumble match trying to help each other win, mm-hmm. I, I just don't know if this is a long-term thing. But, I, I mean, we'll see. It's another, I mean, this whole December period. And then they added the New Day on top of it, which was weird. Then you added the wow. New Day on top of it just because it was the New Day show. I mean, they were in every other segment on the show. And it, it's amazing you have the injuries to... Seth Rollins, Daniel Bryan is still out. You have John Cena filming the show. You have Brock Lesnar gone right now. There's no Undertaker until WrestleMania season. Orton. You know, fans, no Orton. Fans for years and years, ever since what, 2006, have been calling. Push the mid-carters, push the undercarters, get new blood in the main event. Well, here on this Raw, they just pushed every single mid-carter into the main event all at once. And that's yeah. not the way to do it. I mean, it's one or two guys move people up slowly, make it make sense. You can't just put every mid carter in the main event and think anyone's going to care. And they have to have a reason to do it. Then they don't really have a reason to all hate Roman Reigns. Now, if, if, if they explain that, that'd be great. The thing that will kill this even more is if they team them with the authority. God, yeah. that would just make them the ultimate cannon fodder. Well, for Hunter. I mean, they're effectively the authority. 
because they're on the same side. Triple H isn't their figurehead, but effectively they are the authority. Anytime they're on screen together, it's going to be the authority backing the League of Nations. So yeah, but there's way, a difference right. between silent partner and right, on right, right. screen oh, you're, you're right. Um, I, you. I mean, you have yeah, the yeah. New Day definitely has a reason to hate the Roman Reigns group because the Usos are in it. Yeah. You know, Kevin Owens was going to be in it, you know, taking on Dean Ambrose. And there's your, you know, four guys who were paired together making sense. Yeah. You know, King Barrett and Rusev are just there. Mm -hmm. it, it is funny. I mean, part of the show last night felt a little like the April 2000 Nitro era where they were resetting everything and the new groups formed and you didn't really know what the characters motivations were because all of a sudden two people were fighting and now on the same side because they just did a actual reset of the show. And then also part of the show felt like thunder when all the main stars stopped appearing on thunder. Like this is this episode of raw was maybe even under an episode of SmackDown lately because SmackDown's the same show as what thunder used to be, right? Where, you know, the John Cena's weren't going to be on the show. Even if he was on tour with WWE, your main stars aren't, aren't on SmackDown. So you had Seth Rollins in the, on the show running all rampant. I had tapped out. By this point of WCW, I knew it wasn't ever going to come oh, back. Oh, Thunders, Thunders were bad, man. Thunders were like WCW Saturday nights at the end with one or two main, like the U.S. title with Raven was the number one thing on Thunder. You know, it was crazy, but it, that's what it felt like to me, like an episode but, but of there, Thunder the back the only, in the day. Yeah, the only, the only sense of hope I ever had was that the natural born thrillers would click. Right, right. Well, you would have those mid-carders or lower-card guys that you wanted to see on TV more. Like, that was the... That was the good thing about Thunder. You saw the guys who weren't getting TV time on Nitro mm -hmm. thrive on Thunder. And right now, with all these major guys out on WWE, you're seeing Sheamus get the bigger spot. And whether we want Sheamus to be up there or not, whether it's past his time or not, it, he, he's getting another shot. You have King Barrett, you know, who might be the least important guy in this entire thing. Like, he's just out there <laughs> to be out there. The Either going to be him or Rusev. The New Day <laughs> The new day is getting a ton of time, and we'll, uh, I mean, I worry that they're overexposing the New Day. They are a bit. Um, but, and you also have Rusev. I mean, Rusev is on TV in a couple of major things right now, but I say major things as if it's a big deal. I mean, Rusev on TV seems like not a big deal at all. It, it, yeah. It's a weird dynamic with WWE right now. I'm talking right now as in the last couple of weeks and definitely on on this week's TV is everything here should feel important because it's the main event program. You have this new group coming up. You have Rusev back with Lana. Everything should feel important. It feels a little like a reset and a reset with stories that just aren't clicking at all, even still. And yeah, no real heat between the main event. There's no real heat. No one's popular. I mean, who's right. the most popular one right now? Is it Dean Ambrose? You mean in the face side? Anyone. Anyone, uh, the new day, it, new day, or still on the entire show. Okay, new day. Yeah, that's it. New day gets reactions. You have Dean Ambrose getting reactions, but no one's Dolph, pop, no one Dolph else is popular. Gets, Dolph gets a pop for when he comes out. Like you wonder, does why, he know it's going to be a decent match? You wonder why but, this I mean, Pittsburgh crowd. Hold on, you wonder why this Pittsburgh crowd was a little lackadaisical on this show. Like I, that that went into I think part of the negatives on Raw is the crowd was really weak for a lot of the stuff on the show, and they have reason to be like, there is no one on that show. That's a must see guy. At least when John Cena is there, he's must see when Brock Lesnar is there. He's must see Seth Rollins was getting to the point where he was must see. And that bled into what Roman Reigns was doing because Roman, you wanted to see what he did with Seth. 
right now. They burned. There they is not, burned Pittsburgh on a yeah. Royal Rumble, didn't they? They yes, I believe the Pittsburgh uh, wasn't it. Uh, yeah, where the Rock came back, that might have been in Pittsburgh. I don't know. Yeah, um, but they've burned him before. Yes, but I, there's just nothing on the show right now that is must see at all. And I was and still, even I, I still enjoyed. Yeah. I still enjoyed the episode as a bottle right there, that but. Means. I just, for long term, there's nothing that if I was going to a show, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see so-and-so. Like, there is and, no one on the show right now in character-wise that I'm like, I can't wait to see him. And in further bad news for those of us who for care her. about such things, another NXT call-up who's going to be mid-card of main event within two weeks. Yeah, Tyler and, Breeze has nothing. And Tyler Breeze. He's he's Bo Dallas again. He's, he's you know. Fandango. He's, yeah. you know, uh. Adam Rose, mm-hmm. all these guys who came up. It, it's it's just silly, man. It's He's silly. A diva. <laughs> Boom in the divas division. At least Tyler Breeze can work. Like he's more yeah. in the ring than an Adam Rose. Or than you I mean, know, that match a was that match that match was a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. I liked that that Dolph that the Dolph match, but they're just trading wins, so it means nothing. But like that's the only thing that's going to keep Breeze on at least Raw is the fact that he's pretty good in the ring. Yeah, he, he won't get sent to main event only and superstars only, like a Fandango or an Adam Rose. So at least that's one solace for Tyler Breeze. But you're right. I mean, this guy would have been better off just hanging out in NXT until the end of the year. And get you know, call me up at post WrestleMania when you maybe have a, a clue what you're gonna do. Let me know when Vince uh, steps down. <laughs> I don't know if that's gonna help much. Yeah, I don't know either. That's a huge unknown, and I have my doubts. I mean, all of this, uh, you know, when Triple H takes over, you you see what he does with NXT. He's I don't bring... have as much faith in Triple H as a lot. I know. I don't either. I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of folks out there. I wonder if you know you guys listening to this show might might be part of this group that thinks. Talk when me Triple off this H... ledge, guys. Talk me off this ledge. When Triple H takes over, we're gonna see the Tyler Breezes. We're gonna see the Finn Balors because these are the guys he's pushing in NXT. Triple H has said on the record, and I believe he believes it himself. He can push one way for NXT. Doesn't mean it's gonna translate to the main roster. Doesn't mean he's going to do it on the main roster. No, you're right. So I, while I look forward to the day where there's a new top guy making calling the shots in WWE, I don't know if that necessarily means things are going to get how we want them. But I, I obviously will see. Maybe, maybe we will. Maybe we won't. Um, that's WWE Raw. Is we'll see. Mm-hmm. It's all it is right now. And the folks are still watching. I mean, not as many as before. You know, the ones with the most complaints, the ones that you you watch on Twitter and Facebook and, you know, if you're on message boards every which way, you know, the negativity that comes out of WWE programming, and yes, I understand there was a lot of it last night, those people will keep watching. You know, it's when those people stop watching that WWE is going to feel like they have a problem. I mean, let me ask you this, Jeff. Do you think that WWE and what they did on Raw last night thinks they were fixing an issue? I don't think they think they have an issue. Because the 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 entire um setup of the program is still the same. I think they're 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 tweaking it, but I don't think they have I don't think they think it's an all hands on deck issue. Let me put it that way. Well, I think they, it's a, I think I think they need they think they need to tweak. Well, they have no hands. 
I mean, that goes back into something we talked about going into Survivor Series. They have no hands to call right now. These, this is the deck they have, period. John Cena will come back. That's it. Brock mm-hmm. Lesnar was never a guy who's going to work, you know, every single day. Nobody's been bigger than the WWE brand, though, and that's always been their opinion. The brand is solid. It just needs retooling in some way. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's, I think that's the corporate line, and I think that's what they're going with. I don't, I don't, you know, I didn't see this as they they took a step back to see what the problem was and, and made some some changes to it. I think, oh no, things are going well. It'll it'll turn around eventually because we're the WWE. We're the we're the only game in town. Just keep doing what you're doing. Let's make another star here and keep going on with our lives. I have two questions for you before we get into our next segment. Okay, well, what's our next? Question segment? number one. Kevin Owens, mm-hmm. if he's on Raw next week, mm-hmm. will he be paired up with the League of Nations or no? No. And my second question, Monday, Night Raw in Florida, the night after the Royal Rumble. The night after the Royal Rumble, Jeff. Okay. Who is the WWE World Heavyweight Champion? Brock Lesnar. I should have, maybe I should have asked at the end of this calendar year, December 31st, who do you think is the WWE World Heavyweight Champion? Because I don't know. Sheamus. Yeah. I mean, TLC is coming up. I don't know if Roman Reigns wins it there, especially now that you form this big heel group. I think Roman Reigns has to go through the Royal Rumble, don't you? Yes. Yeah. And I think that's a mistake. I don't think they're going to, I don't, I think if Roman Reigns wins the rumble, they're not going to turn off. I mean, they're not going to clamor two to years him. in a row. Like they I would may not, have to, they may have to give him the belt. They may have to give him the belt just so he doesn't have to be in that rumble. Just so he doesn't have to just to avoid the rumble. They may, maybe he wins. Re, at they the may rumble. rematch. They may rematch him with Sheamus at the rumble and let him win it there. And then they can have the stare down after Brock wins the rumble. Yeah. That's the thing too. You just, I, I don't know where Brock's going to be. I mean, at this point now, too, you have to keep Daniel Bryan off of TV for at least two more months. Whether that was going to be what they wanted to do or not, you can't put him back on TV now. So, of course, that means he'll be back on the January 2 episode. Or whenever the first episode of 2016 is. 2016 just coming up so quick. Um, our next segment. This is a new segment. The unofficial and arbitrary NXT power rankings. <laughs> Did you watch NXT last week? I did. I did as well. The big uh, Eva Marie Bailey Divas uh, Women's Championship match took place. We're headed into uh, NXT TakeOver. Uh, We'll start first with the NXT TakeOver card because we have the, uh, what is expected to be the full card complete. We We have the full thing now. For the NXT title, Finn Balor and Samoa Joe. For the tag team titles, Dash and Dawson against Enzo and Big Cass. Mm-hmm. The women's championship, Bailey versus Nia Jax with Eva Marie at ringside. Very important. Apollo Crews and Baron Corbin and Emma versus Asuka. There are two matches I'm really looking forward to on this show. Like bigger than anything else, maybe even three. Yeah, I would say three. Emma versus Asuka should be really fun. Apollo Crews and Baron Corbin 
is unpredictable and should be fun. I mean, Baron Corbin risks kind of turning into this big homegrown guy who just loses all his matches, kind of like Tyler Breeze was on TakeOver. Like, Baron might be the new Tyler Breeze. And then the main event, Finn Balor and Samoa Joe. If if you had to rank your matches one, two, three, Jeff, on the show, what are your what are your most look forward to matches? Um Balor and Joe would probably be number one. Yeah, me too. Number two, probably the Asuka Emma match. Yeah, I could see that. And number three. You might be a big wow. tag team fan, aren't you? You're gonna I'm say a big the tag, tag team, team fan. Well, yeah. it's tempting because I like both those teams, even though they're not the greatest workmanlike teams. They're always up for a show. That's what I like about both those teams. They're always up for a show. But for me, the, just the... The curiosity factor of Bailey and Nia Jax yeah. has me at number three for that one. Yeah, that, there's big curiosity factor for sure with Nia Jax because you're building up Asuka. Bailey's had her moment. Maybe they even move up Bailey to the main roster. Maybe they do a long program with Bailey chasing again. You know, I would not be surprised at all if Nia Jax maybe brings the title home. And this might have show. nothing to do with it as well. This could this could be me talking out of my rear. Nia is related to The Rock, and hey, we could use all the positive pub we could get to kind of yeah. maybe nudge nudge your boy to come to WrestleMania. Yeah, I, I, if, I know it's very minor. It's very very minor. I don't, wonder if don't, he's turned don't, off don't, too. Don't. The last time they used The Rock to give the pub to someone, they gave it to Roman and they booed him out of the building. Yeah. So maybe it might be a little worried about that. He had an interesting comment on social media during Raw. Did he? Yeah, someone had. Uh, uh, whoever runs the WWE creative humor account uh-huh. wrote, wrote something to the effect of, of uh, w, a conversation between WWE and the rock. It's like, Hey, uh, rock, we'd like to, uh, we'd like to uh, plug your next movie. <laughs> and he goes, no, nah, that's all right. I got this. I think. And, and rock goes, Oh, that's so cruel, but so funny or something to that effect. He really enjoyed that joke. I was like, hmm. maybe yeah. he is turned off. Why wouldn't you be? I mean, there's got to be someone in his ear saying, maybe uh, we don't need these guys right now. Tommy Dreamer's not enough for you to turn around on. Tommy Dreamer's back. I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ. This Tommy Dreamer Maybe maybe, guy, they'll, maybe they'll make TLC an ECW tribute show, like TNA did. This Tommy Dreamer guy just keeps on coming back. Yeah. Keeps on keeping on. Good for him. I mean, good for Tommy Dreamer. But uh, I know there were, you know, we're... Uh, He's the Dorian Gray of hardcore. Yeah, yeah. The unofficial and arbitrary NXT power rankings. So what I'm going to do here, okay. and if you have yours, you're going to do yours as well. I don't know if you do. I can wing it. You can wing it, sure. Uh, the top four in the power rankings coming out of last week's NXT. Number four. Debuting in the power rankings at number four, Michael Cole. Interim general manager, as William Regal was out with his neck surgery, Michael Cole going from broadcaster and voice of WWE to being in charge now, now hold of on. the developmental now, territory. We need, we need to lay out for the listeners here what your criteria for power rankings are. My criteria are whatever I want. Okay. <laughs> Did you not understand the title? 
unofficial and arbitrary. And arbitrary, yeah, but I thought, you might, have, I thought you might have some sort of... I mean, Did you think you I was going Michael... Oh, number number four, Apollo Crews, because he's good. Number three, Baron Corbin, because no. he's better. No, no, it's just you have four slots and you put Michael Cole in one of them, okay? Yeah, dude moved up in the world. He's got power now. <laughs> Wait, that, okay. Undefeated WrestleMania WWE just, legend gets just power. Keep, Rob, I'm done. Keep going. Are you done now? I'm done. You're done? I'm so done. You're done. I'm well done. Number three, Elias Samson, the drifter, <laughs> Jeff. Elias Samson's coming to TV like in a town near crawling. you. In a town near you, as long as you live in Florida. A town <laughs> near you, Elias Samson is coming with his guitar, getting TV vignettes and everything. Will he last longer than the perfect 10 Ty Dillinger? And by longer, I mean a whole five minutes. He'll last longer than Cal Bishop. Yeah. <laughs> Number two. Jumping the gun a little bit there, Jeff. Cal Bishop. <laughs> this, guy, this guy was signed to WWE for two years. Mm -hmm. Gets cut in October. And thank God he was on this WWE breaking ground because had he not been, he would have absolutely no shot of really getting any type of independent wrestling bookings that mattered. I thought he was great on this show. But now, you know, having coming from breaking ground, he has a little bit of a, a name out there, just a little bit. He might get a couple of bookings out of that, maybe a PWS appearance or two. Hopefully. So yeah, the, edi Bishop. the editing was the editing was a dick move though. <laughs> Just that sort of and you're fired. Cal Bishop uh, getting on the power rankings because of his firing. And I wanted to ask you about that too, Jeff, because we had the Devin Taylor firing on Breaking Ground a couple of weeks ago. We had the Cal Bishop firing here. When they were filming this show, this could be considered a dick move or not. I find it a little too convenient that they chose Cal Bishop and Devin Taylor to follow out of all the names that are in NXT developmental. Had they, I, it's just so convenient that they followed them and then fired them pretty early on. I have to think now that they knew months prior that they were going to fire these two individuals. And that's why they chose them to be on the show. Like we're going to see them try to come back and then boom, it's going to be a surprise because they're fired. Like they knew what their fates were before they started filming the show. Otherwise, it's just a heck of a, you know, a convenience. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they had a list of characters and, you know, kind of like a TV show. And before you go into writing your script, okay, who's expendable? Boom and boom. Well, that'll cause drama. Unless they did it just for the cameras and they're not really fired, which is also a possibility, but I think they're fired. Yeah. I mean, it's like we're going to choose between Cal Bishop and, and Rick, or what's his name? Uh, the Knox. Uh, I forget what his first name is. I want to say Rick Knox, but that's the PWG referee. Yeah. <laughs> so that's obviously not it. Um, but the Knox fella, uh, the Knox yeah. fella who, you know, botched a move on the top rope when I went to visit the performance center in the crash pad ring, that Knox fella, they chose Cal Bishop coming off of the injuries. And it very well may not be a coincidence. I mean, they may have been like, okay, this is a guy who's coming back from so many injuries, and then he happens to just be let go. I, ha I have this feeling they knew they were going to let him go for the television show. 
So they just kept him going along, kept him going, knowing full well this guy was getting fired on the TV show. And hey, here, come come tell us your story on camera, you know? It's a really good uh, underdog story of when you overcome, and then, oh yeah, we'll have this camera in this office here, and you have to go see Cayman, whatever his name is. If If I'm Sabatelli down there, I'm a little worried. A little. I'm a little worried if I'm Sabatelli because I kind of fit the mold of the unknown guys who might be getting cut versus the big names like Baron Corbin and Dana Brooke who have no shot of being cut. Oh, well, I mean, if I'm him. I'm going, thank God I'm not ZZ. Well, that too. That's I mean, I think everyone down there show. is thinking they're just they're clowning not that guy. That, that, well, that's a shame, though. I well, mean, that's, is he not, that's bullying. No, no. He's clowning himself a little bit because nothing he's doing is anything that anyone else isn't doing you know, the drills and the conditioning and all the stuff like he's clowning himself. Yeah. They offered him a spot. He could have easily said, no, they're using him for maybe comedic effect by hiring him. Well, they're using it to basically say you can't do this, but it's not bullying because he's signed up for it and he's wanting to do it. Oh, but they didn't offer it to him in good faith. I don't. Oh no, I I, no, absolutely not. They didn't offer it to him. This guy was going to be a, this guy we have to have. I'm not saying they're treating him unfairly. Yeah, he doesn't have the cardio, but they should have, you know, before you get him in there drilling with the other first years, get his cardio up and then, you know, hold him off for a session and then put him in with the next set of rookies well, when he I'll, has his cardio back up. Now you're just clowning him. No, what I'll say is when they bring guys in, they should already have the cardio. I agree there too. Yes, that you should be ready to go. So don't offer the guy with no cardio. Tell him, get your cardio going and we'll yeah. offer you a contract. I mean, they're not, they're not signing this guy to be on the treadmill for three months. You know? No, but they're not signing him with any genuine interest either. Oh, no, they're not. Oh, for sure they're not. And he's still there. So really, the, I mean, the joke is definitely on him. And, well, it's on, uh, it's on the people who watch Tough Enough who liked him. That's who the joke's on. It's, screw you guys. He can't hack it. See? Look at him. Do you think there's something bigger there to where they're they're putting this guy on breaking ground so in future seasons of tough enough, like, okay, like like these guys if you want, but these are the guys who are never gonna make it. So maybe put your put your value and put your emotion on someone who actually has a chance to make it. If you're uh, if you're tough, a fan. tough enough already tough enough already has that false reality of these guys have what it takes to make it, possibly. So I don't you know, I just think it's a continuation of you know, these guys can't make it really. And here's why it's just furthering the bit in some ways of tough enough more than, more than as a cautionary tale of any kind. And number one on the power rankings, referee Danilo, (laughs) this guy gets the assignment to referee Eva Marie and Bailey for the women's championship. And what does WWE do? They don't trust this guy. They bring in Charles Robinson. Little Nate. Little Nate to come in and make sure that nothing goes down. And Danilo gets the last laugh because Charles Robinson is a bumbling idiot in this match. Doesn't know what he's doing. Everything is going to shit. The whole episode's a troll that they're going to screw Bailey. That was the beauty of it. Well, it was a beautiful match. I love the whole presentation. But Danilo comes back after getting kicked out, physically kicked out of the match. Comes back, counts the one, two, three. Is the referee who gets things done correctly 
while WWE official Lil Nate is fully embarrassed. So number one on the power rankings this week for his valor and keeping everything as briefly controversial as it can be. Danilo, your ref, Robbie E's brother, is your number one on the first ever I didn't know that NXT power brother. rankings. Hmm. Dan, he's good friends with Sasha. But, uh, who isn't good friends with... Well, because they were on the same independent scene. He was Dan right. Echos on the independent scene. Rob yeah. Echos' brother. Good for, good for Danilo getting the, uh, getting the spot there. Because that, that's a story that they really didn't focus on. But Danilo had been the ref in a lot of these Divas championship matches that had kind of had some controversy. He was the ref mm-hmm. who counted the non-three for Eva Marie in the match that was botched on Eva Marie's return where she didn't right. kick out. No, I knew, yeah, I knew that. So they were kind of playing that up a little bit. Like, we're sending Charles Robinson out because we, we don't trust Danilo fully to referee these matches. So instead of just sending, like, Drake Younger in there, why don't we send a second ref out? Because everything always goes right when there's a second ref. So there is your power rankings, your first ever power four for NXT. <laughs> oh, do I get to do four now? No, nope, we're done. We are, we are moving on. Because you took too long. I took too long. You're the one who ranked them. Yeah. Well, now, now you know the gimmick. You can come up with yours next week. I'll just change the show next. Week. I tell you what. Maybe we'll do come that. Up maybe a, came up with a no. come up with something and just maybe next week. Uh, maybe next week you'll do yours, and then we'll just tra- you know transfer okay. weeks. We'll just go okay. back and forth. Uh, but sure. it is it is time, Jeff. Yes. For match number fifty-four on our top one hundred countdown. The best matches to see before you die. This is WWE's.com's list. We are going down the list from 100 to 1, doing a match on each show, talking about what led into that match, talking about the match itself, where we are from that match. Match number 54 in the countdown, John Cena versus Daniel Bryan, two guys who are not around currently, only two years later. John Cena, Daniel Bryan at WWE SummerSlam 2013, the main event. What was scheduled to be the last match of the show, this was for the WWE Championship. Jeff Hawkins. I watched Mm -hmm. this match earlier today. I love it. It was my favorite match on that card. I know there's, it's a toss-up really between Brock Lesnar and CM Punk and the uh, Cena-Daniel Bryan match. Where did you stand? How did this rate in terms of the matches on SummerSlam 13? I went back and watched it because I hadn't seen it on TV in a while. I had, I went, I was here live. You were there live. That's right. Um, I like the match. I really do like the match because I like, I like that they both take turns playing very subtle heels in their own way. It kind of flip flops there for a second. Then it goes back, but Cena doing the whole gimmick of addressing the fans. I can't wrestle me. That's brilliant. Anyone who doubts that John Cena could not pull off being a heel is wrong. He was great, oh, and especially... I, oh, yeah, I don't think anyone thinks he can not no. pull it off. I just, and, you know, they're like, he's never going to be a heel, not because he can't pull it off, but because there's too much money in him being a babyface. I had forgotten all about that elbow problem of his. That thing was... Nasty. It was gross. Like, he was wearing the pad yeah. here, but on the yeah. on the Raw before, it was like the Necro Butcher elbow, where it's just like, there's a big ball there. It's like two golf balls sticking out of his arm. Now, the unfortunate part for me is this is a well-worn story that the WWE likes to tell in terms of the angle 
of the guy who's getting over that they don't want to get over. And so they put things on television as part of the angle to tell you why you shouldn't like this guy in terms of how they really feel about him, including your boy Brad Maddox. May he, his job prospects uh, be plentiful in the future. Yeah, they won't be. <laughs> He'll be out here doing improv. Oh, I'm uh, sure. I'm sure. Oh, he already has been. So. I know. I mean, yeah, go, go Mad Braddox. But, you know, they did this with Booker T. They did this with Chris Benoit. They did this with Daniel Bryan. They did this with Zack Ryder. They do this to a lot of guys that, you know, it's, it's the, oh, you're popular. We'll put you in an upper card to main event spot. We'll tell the people why we don't like you. And you'll somehow get the rub by getting beat in the main event <laughs> or getting screwed by the authority. And that'll be your reward. And then we'll wonder why you're not a bigger star than you were. Which, for the aftermath of this match, it was the crowd, as I recall, ate it up. Because half of them loved Randy Orton and half of them hated Triple H, from what I remember. Um, and the fans usually, like, I don't think we saw it so much with Sheamus this time, but the crowds pop for the money in the bank. They just do, because they know they're right. going to get a title change. They know it's a big moment. It feels like a big moment, so it doesn't, but it doesn't matter doing it against, does it. Well, yeah, but doing it against Daniel Bryan, it didn't get the it didn't get as loud of a pop as it would have, where it's like you're excited to see the title change. I, I think like, more oh, of it was no, the Triple H I don't want to see the title. More of it yeah. was the Triple H turn. Yeah. But and, I, you know, I thought Triple H did a great job refereeing up until that point. Yeah, he did a really good job. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll talk about the match here, of course, but I, I was curious, too, because I was trying to remember, like, going into this match. Like, you know, John Cena, it had come out that John Cena was going to take, like, a month off for injury. Yeah. With that elbow. And you saw uh. the elbow, so it, it, was a, it was pretty obvious. So most people going in, I, I believe, and I was looking at, uh, like, Bleacher Report, and voices of wrestling and like all these previews that were written before the show to see who was being predicted to win this match. And it was overwhelmingly people predicting that Daniel Bryan would win, but it was about 50 50 on whether or not Randy Orton would cash in like Randy Orton cashing in was a big storyline, a big talking point coming into the show. Like um, it wasn't yeah. so much a storyline going into the match in WWE world, but you know, this guy, Randy Orton didn't have a match in the show. In he, the had, bubble. he had the briefcase in the bubble. It was 50 50 that Randy Orton would either cash in and take the title or any combination. The other side was any combination of Orton cashing in and losing or just no cash in at all happening and Daniel Bryan winning and going off clean. So what happened was, of course, Randy Orton did cash in. Randy Orton did take the championship, but you know, I, you know, it was 50 50 going in. Like no one knew what to expect, whether, what did you think? I I remember, and this was two years ago, I remember going in thinking Daniel Bryan was going to win clean and he would take the championship because what happened on the show is, yes, Triple H was the ref, and I guess you could have seen it coming. But Daniel Bryan had just beaten, actually Daniel Bryan lost to Randy Orton. Do you remember the whole Daniel Bryan-Randy Orton match where it was yeah. supposed to be Randy or Daniel Bryan's big coming out and he got the, uh, yeah. he got the stinger? So the match was stopped and Randy Orton won. Mm -hmm. Like that was a weird storyline going into this show because that was supposed to be Daniel Bryan's big win. Daniel Bryan was going to get a title shot coming off of that win. But instead, Daniel Bryan loses. And John Cena, the whole storyline is John Cena handpicked Daniel Bryan to be his opponent for this show instead of Daniel Bryan going in as a 
conqueror of everyone else, of all the other contenders. Daniel Bryan kind of went in weak. He went in a little weak on TV, having lost to Randy Orton, although he was a fighter. So you have this. Yeah, I had. Oh, you have the storyline coming second, in. Oh, okay, go ahead. I, I and I just, I kind of had this memory that people thought John Cena still might win, despite the injury. But I'm reading all these previews from several different sites uh, that are still online. And it just looks like no one, I, I must be false remembering that because it looks like everybody picked Daniel Bryan to win. Daniel Bryan winning was almost a foregone conclusion. The question really was whether Randy Orton would uh, would get the title at the end of the night via the cash-in or not. And not many people, I didn't read any, you know, Triple H turning stories. I read a few. There were a few. Like, would Vince McMahon come out and handpick Randy Orton and go against Triple H? Would Triple H turn and be in cahoots with Randy Orton all along? Because that was the other side of the story. I think we were all still expecting Triple H versus Vince McMahon, like some type of angle for control and power of WWE that we ended up never getting with Vince. So there were a couple of different ways it could have gone once Daniel Bryan won, but Bryan winning, it looked like, was a foregone conclusion. See, I had, I think I remember when, when Bryan got the stinger, going that there's no way Vince is going to put the belt on someone who's injured. So either Cena is going to take the month off with the belt or Orton's cashing in on, on Cena. Cena right. I never thought Daniel Bryan was going to get any sort of run with the title. I thought he was going to get screwed by either Orton or Triple H. He's going to have this very, very tough match, but eventually get knocked out of the way and probably right. pinned. Right. And he'd be an afterthought. And then Orton and Cena could, because this was when they were doing the constant rematches of Orton and Cena, if I recall correctly. Yeah. And maybe, and you know maybe you're, a little you're, you're right on that too. Cause I went in expecting a lot of these previews to say that John Cena would win. Then Randy Orton would cash in and that would explain it. I, I expected to see that a lot, but maybe I was going to the wrong websites. I went to like bleacher report and walk, walk culture and uh, voices of wrestling and wrestling observer. I, the overwhelming response, at least at the time, factually, just from reading all the reviews were people thinking Daniel Bryan was going to win. And that, and that did, that surprised me going back in time to this match that, that that was the narrative going in, that a lot of people expected Daniel Bryan to win because I, again, I could be misremembering, but I kind of was on the same wavelength as you. I thought Daniel Bryan might lose the big match, but then Randy Orton comes in. Yeah, and but the match itself, I thought over-delivered. Um, in terms I, of... I at least thought that was a possibility because going in, I seem to remember myself thinking Daniel Bryan would win. I just thought the possibility would be there of Cena winning. But uh, yeah, the match up was... Until, up, in, up until the stinger... Yeah. Happened. I thought Daniel Bryan was getting the belt. Yeah, that stinger really after stopped that. I was momentum. after after yeah after that. I just went. There's no way they're gonna put it on a guy that's injury prone. Yeah, and I mean now look at him too because yeah. I mean, after this, I mean injury after injury. So I mean he won't be put back in that role. But you're right. I mean the the match itself was near flawless. Mm -hmm. Um, if there's one nitpick I have on this match, it's that it could have ended one minute earlier. Yeah, because it, it ends with the knee. It ends with, you know, John Cena going for the F5, being all cocky about it and and misstepping. And Daniel Bryan hits him with the knee and pins him. But there was the spot near the end of the match. Where. Daniel Bryan is up kind of in an F5 position. John Cena didn't get him quite up right away. I mean, attitude adjustment in the in the uh, what did I say? F5 F5. Yeah. yeah. In the Same attitude thing. adjustment, the former yeah. FU, in the attitude adjustment, and Daniel Bryan hits the DDT, and then the crowd, because at that point, the crowd was super peaked. I mean, they were up. 
as loud as they got through the entire match. And Daniel Bryan hits the DDT, the crowd comes down a little bit, and then they go into their finishing sequence. I, if there's one nitpick I have on this great match, I think instead of hitting the DDT, just getting out of that F5 and then shuffling right into the kick might have been the best way to go and get the pin there. Because effectively, the match would have ended the same way, and you would have gotten it at the crowd's peak. Okay, but, correct me if I'm wrong here. This was Daniel Bryan debuting the Bumaye knee. Correct? Because this was right off the heels of the of uh Nakamura in, in the G1 and, and having a real hot run there. Yeah, and he, I he, believe Daniel Bryan this was Daniel Bryan taking this and debuting <laughs> it here in SummerSlam, right? Yeah, he he definitely hadn't been using it a lot. Uh, I don't know if that was the first ever time. I'll try to find out here. Um, but yeah, it was definitely very early on. Because nobody was expecting that to be the finish when he hit the knee. Because you can tell nobody's standing up and cheering for it really all that much. They just oh, right. saw him and, hit the knee. Right, and that goes into it. I think you hit the knee before that DDT. And again, like I said, the, the finish is effectively the same. At least you get right. this kind of surprise finish when the crowd is up high and not when the crowd had kind of settled back down. Okay. Yeah, no, go with the same finish. Do the knee out of that DDT spot. And if you watch this match, you'll know the DDT spot I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, and that's the one critique, because otherwise, I mean, excellent wrestling match. I favored this one over Brock and Punk. Like, I thought this was the best match of the show. It I had the best well, story. I like, yeah. I mean, John Cena was coming in with the injury. He was wrestling. He was doing mat wrestling with Daniel Bryan. He was not looking out of place. I mean, this was one of those John Cena matches where he brought it on pay-per-view when you may not have thought he could bring it against a certain style. And he did. I mean, the guy delivers almost every single time. We did get some uh, Twitter reaction on this match, too. I asked uh, folks following along at Shake Them Ropes on Twitter to tweet their thoughts on Cena versus Daniel Bryan. Brian Coulter on Twitter said, had absolutely no clue how they were going to have Bryan win decisively since Cena wasn't going to submit. The Frey movement on Twitter said he loved the match. The angle, the whole thing, was fired up for Brian Triple H at WrestleMania, which was never the plan, but still great stuff. And that's true. Uh, we talked about earlier how uh, a lot of the previews had Daniel Bryan winning this match, but that's right. Brian brought up a good point. We didn't know how that was going to happen, and we didn't think John Cena would ever submit, so they went with the pinfall. Lee says being there live at the Staples Center was awesome. It was an awesome match. There was a sense of the big Brian moment. The confetti fell and you realized Orton wasn't on the card yet. And that would come to be. Danny said, I remember jumping with joy like a mark, yelling at the screen when Trip, when Trips rather, raised Daniel Bryan's hand. I was screaming for the pay-per-view to fade to black. Will Pruitt says, I was in the building and lost my mind when Brian got the pin. Epic sadness by the time I had left. And that's a lot of the uh, a lot of thoughts here. Timmy says, uh, it was great, but I preferred Punk and Brock. Those were the big two matches on the show. Excellent show because of those two matches. I, I, I love the match. And Daniel Bryan wins. So this was... The big winning moment. He had been champion before, yes, from Money in the Bank and from, you know, that scenario. But this really felt like Daniel Bryan's coronation. Oh, yeah. This and, is this was the best match of the night. And we're, and we're talking about coronations. Like, you know, Roman Reigns got the same thing. So, I mean, talk about the parallel here. SummerSlam 2013, Daniel Bryan, who isn't the authority's choice, wins the title. 
and then Triple H screws them out of it, and the Money mm. in the Bank cash-in takes the title right within five minutes. And we just had that again with Roman Reigns. We had Roman Reigns, who was not the authority's choice, wins the championship. Triple H screws him. And the and they money have in the bank the, And they have him as the underdog again. And they have him on the, as the underdog again. So when we're talking, when might Roman Reigns actually get the title? For all we know, he might be at the Royal Rumble. It yeah. might be, though, at WrestleMania. At least with the difference in scenario here is when Daniel Bryan lost that title, he had a couple of rematches. I mean, he had that the hell in the cell with Randy Orton where HBK was involved and, and turned on Daniel Bryan. Like, just the, the title reign after Daniel Bryan, and I guess it wasn't even a title reign because Randy Orton had the championship. That whole couple of month period after Daniel Bryan got screwed out at SummerSlam was just a mess completely. A mess completely oh, on pay-per-view. It was a la Dean Ambrose on pay-per-view chasing the title. They spent the next six months screwing Daniel Bryan time and time and time again. To the point where we just hated seeing it. We hated seeing it. He ended up joining the Wyatts, and then the crowds just went nuts for him, and he, he got the big babyface reaction, and they forced him to put in the WrestleMania main event. Because, of course, yeah. you know, if, if you're not aware, SummerSlam 2013 ends with Randy Orton cashing in Money in the Bank and winning the title off of Daniel Bryan, who had just won it. And you just saw a, a same similar scenario with Roman Reigns. So when we were doing the last pay-per-view post-show, when we were doing the Survivor Series post-show live, we were talking about how this is the same angle. They're going to redo with Roman Reigns what they did with Daniel Bryan. At least this time, they're planning on Roman Reigns mm -hmm. to be involved in the main event picture, we think. I mean, maybe John Cena and Brock Lesnar come back and they're in the title picture. We'll have to wait and see. But Daniel Bryan was not in the plans for WrestleMania at WrestleMania 30. Just the overwhelming response and the kind of the, you know, the D Dave Batista had come back earlier in January and that flopped a little bit, forcing WWE's hand because imagine what would have happened with Dave Batista versus Randy Orton in that main event of WrestleMania. Uh, Disaster of a show, even. Yeah. Because there was nothing really left on that show. If you took Daniel Bryan out of WrestleMania 30, at least what he did, maybe even put the Sheamus match on there if it was going to be Daniel Bryan and Sheamus. You take Daniel Bryan off of WrestleMania 30, that is a disaster of a show. Oh, yeah. One of the worst WrestleManias ever, possibly. But you put him in there, and it turns out to be one of the best WrestleManias and definitely one of the best WrestleMania finishes of This all one time. isn't looking too good. This one is not going in looking good, but you're going to have Brock on the show. You're going to have Cena on the show. You're going to have Undertaker on the show. Got to see what they do with them. I'm concerned because I'm paying money for this one. <laughs> You are. I'll, You're supposedly coming, aren't you? I, I, I'm going to be there. I don't know if I'm going to be at WrestleMania. Wow. Okay. I might save the 200 bucks and watch it at a bar and, you know, be ready afterwards to do whatever we're okay. going to do with, with Shake Them Ropes. But I don't know if I have to be a part of it. I don't know. Maybe the main event will get me. Maybe the main event's going to be Daniel Bryan versus Hulk Hogan. What are the odds of that, you think, Jeff? What are the odds of Daniel Bryan and Hulk Hogan being the main event of WrestleMania 32? Slim and none and Slim left town. Why did Slim leave town? Right, because he was booked poorly. So anyways, our match for next week is... Is a match that I was live for. And you really love, you really love this match. 
I love I recall. Edge versus Mick Foley. Yes. From 2005's WrestleMania. No, 2006. WrestleMania 22. 2006. Mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, I like this one a lot live. It had the big Mick Foley WrestleMania moment. What, uh, what after the fact was really possibly Mick Foley's lone WrestleMania moment. Yes. Going through the uh, fired table with Edge. So we'll talk about that match. That is next on our top 100. That would be what? Match number 53? I believe so. We are almost halfway. Mm-hmm. Mick Foley will be our halfway match because uh, Mick Foley is also in number 50, Undertaker versus Mankind from the King of the Ring. Yes. There's a lot of, uh, actually a lot of Mick Foley coming up. Mick Foley and Shawn Michaels from Mind Games, number 44. Yeah, a lot of Mick Foley coming up on the old count. Cactus Jack, number 35. There is a ton of Mick Foley on this countdown. So I think we've already had one or two matches. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of Mick Foley on this countdown, but I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, Daniel Bryan, John Cena, if you haven't seen it, or just maybe have watch. If you haven't watched Definite it watch. since SummerSlam, yeah, you have to. It's great. Go watch yeah. the whole SummerSlam. Go watch Cody Rhodes and Damian Sandow. Go watch <laughs> Christian and a much lighter Alberto Del Rio. Go watch Rob Van Dam and Dean Ambrose in the pre-show. Go watch, Go watch The Miz awkwardly open up SummerSlam with Fandango. Go watch did JoJo. He? Yes, he did. I don't have him on there. He was on SummerSlam. He didn't, he didn't wrestle. Oh, okay. that was the gimmick where he was the host of Survivor. Oh yeah, that's of, okay. Uh, yeah, no, no, you're right. And they have Fandango come out and dance around him. Eva Marie was on this card. Natty with Naomi and Cameron defeated Brie Bella with Nikki Bella and Eva Marie. Yep. Yeah, Eva Marie and JoJo because this was when Total Divas was starting. Yeah, because she sang the national anthem. JoJo sang the national anthem. It's it. Oh, it's just crazy. JoJo's going to be a three-year veteran this year. Of WWE. She doesn't even like wrestling. <laughs> she doesn't. It it's it's funny sometimes to see how long certain people have been in, because especially like an Eva Marie or a JoJo who feel like they've been there for one year, and they're coming up on three years with the company. Yeah. Never ceases to amaze me. I mean, Tyler Breeze has been around for five, maybe six years. Yeah, those guys just stick around. You know who's not sticking around though. Us. I was going to say Cal Bishop. Because <laughs> he gone. Devin Taylor oh. gone. Brad Maddox gone. Brad Maddox gone. Adam Rose soon to be gone. Really? Oh, God, come on now. They just keep people around. Until they rot. They keep some people around, but... I thought the Adam Rose gimmick was the last call. Adam Rose doing the Rosebush segment. That is 259 in a bar in Indianapolis. They, you got to get out now. You're they make done. you drink more in Indianapolis because the women are uglier? What's, what's up with that? Yeah, you just stop serving <laughs> alcohol at 3. The bar's closed at 3. They close at 3 there? Wow, that's cool. Is that late or is that early? Late for uh, LA. Last call is 1.30. Bar's closed at 2. Well, who would have thought? Indiana. Late night party in more than Los Angeles, California. This late night party is over, though. I'll see you next week.
In a world of one million wrestling podcasts, there is a new shining star with great interviews, analysis, music, and, and me, Matt Coon, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.